Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and parents around the world. We are in the podcast studio. I am wearing a winter cap. It is freezing in here. <laughs> it's probably 60 degrees. Uh, my, <laughs> but my heart is warm. Yeah. Because I'm sitting across from Adam Stekiel. We are drinking wine. This is our little Valentine's Day. We got a candle lit. It's beautiful. The wine is called Sabotage. We're totally naked. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. It would be so cold. (laughs) Really unpleasant way to do a podcast. That's the thing no one knows about the Atomic Moms podcast. It's a nude podcast. Well, I want to get people really vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah, I think it's I think it's smart. <laughs> so, today we are talking about relationships and we've got a lot of fantastic advice that we have uh gathered over the years from experts and from mothers in the thick of it. Uh so we're going to be sharing those I hate the word tidbits. Do you know what tidbits. you have? You know what you have? Mm. Like a word that's coming out of you. And you're like, I, don't say tidbits. But you, because you're saying don't say tidbits, you can't think of a replacement Oh, you're thinking word. you just want to yell tidbits, 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 tidbits. <laughs> so we'll be sharing excerpts. <laughs> oh, you just made that sound gross too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> your 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 romance novels is called excerpts and tidbits. <laughs> okay, uh, we've so lost our minds. We're also going to attempt. <laughs> also, when I laugh, like my voice gets so high. It's adorable, and I have a cold. Sorry, everybody. So next week is uh, the tidbit experts. <laughs> excerpts of experts. And this week we are attempting to answer some listener questions. There were so many fabulous questions. I'm going to hold on to a bunch of them uh, for future episodes, but we're going to try to take a crack at some now. Our first question comes from Kelsey. So Kelsey asks, now knowing what you know about marriage and having a family, what advice would you give your 20-something-year-old self that was still Mm. searching for the one? Good question, Kelsey. (laughs) sounded like you were hitting on Kelsey. Great question, That's Kelsey. not why am I a listener. You can't hit on my listeners. <laughs> P.S. I'm not a mom, Kelsey says, Ooh. but I st- – oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just leaning into the bit now. <laughs> but I still absolutely love your podcast. Can't wait to hear the episode. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Super appreciate it. That's awesome. I agree. This is this podcast isn't only for people with children. No. No. It's, there's, it's, it's for people who are – anyone who's had a parent. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Anyone who has been scarred by their own families. <laughs> or or to appreciate what your parents did. I mean, I feel like there's so much stuff, even after listening to this, that I'm like, wow, I have so much more appreciation for what our parents did for us growing up. Right. And there goes Adam getting the brownie points again. Um, this is why my parents like him better than they like me. <laughs> I'm a catch. Uh, <laughs> they're always, they have always, my whole, our whole marriage of what, 12, almost 13 years, they've always been so scared that I was going to be the one to screw it up. No, that's not true. You're, that's funny though. Don't we're, you We're going to put that in our, in our, in the next show we write together. 
Okay. Yeah. So what is your answer? Kel- Kelsey is waiting with bated breath. Kelsey, here's my um, – sorry, I got real loud. I apologize, yeah, guys. Uh, Kelsey, um, my answer would be this. And just for context, uh, I think the obvious answer is to say do your homework and really get to know the person and see what kind of family they come from and really ask yourself what kind of parent they're going to be. Here's the thing. Ellie and I – Met when Ellie was 23, I was 29. We dated for three months, got engaged, and got married a year later. So we definitely did not do that. Um, And I actually stand by the way that we did it because the truth is I didn't know what kind of parent either of us was going to be. I had no concept of what being a parent would be like. And to try to look into a crystal ball and figure out what kind of parent me and Ellie would have been together would have been insane. There's just no way you could do that. So I actually feel like following your gut is the best way you can go. And then the one thing I do want to tee you up for is I would say it's important to know yourself more than the other person. And I know that's something that is a big thing that you talk about a lot. So I I do want to hear your take on this because I feel like you're going to have a much more insightful answer than me. And you just looked at me like you were scared. I'm terrified. <laughs> what are you scared Was that a good of? enough answer? I'm okay. a little afraid of you. Okay, so find someone who's scared of you. Yeah. Kelsey, that's the first step. You should, actually. I feel like that's any healthy relationship. The The husband should be a little scared of his wife. <laughs> really? I think so. I think it's healthy. Keeps me on my toes. Keeps me working hard. I'm never resting my laurels. And I want to do right by you. I never want to let you down. Aww. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm like touched and also concerned. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, because you do let me down quite a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was thinking, but that is that's really funny. Kelsey, I would say that you should do your due diligence. Oh. You know, Adam and I were engaged three months after meeting, but during those three months, I feel like I amassed a lot of clues. So one Mm. of them was he had a dog that he was able to keep alive. True. And he was like a guy in the city who had a a hunting dog that he was able to like love and care for and walk around the block. And this dog, you guys, this dog was the biggest pain in my ass. Yeah. Yeah. I love that dog, but he is, he was the toughest dog. He was a real tough dog. And I was like, look at this. He's so sweet to this animal who is like clearly supposed to be living on a farm somewhere. So that- by the way, though, if we are doing doing parenting as a projection of how you deal with pets, when we first started dating, I went to Las Vegas for a weekend for my brother-in-law's bachelor party, and Ellie, Ellie took care of Riggs for the weekend. It was so sweet. And when I came home, it was actually Father's Day weekend and Ellie had made a little Father's Day card from Riggs to me. It was the sweetest thing in the world. And those are the things. And he had his little paws. Yeah. sitting with it under his paws. Oh, when I came home, paws. that's right. Yeah, when I came in the front door, Riggs was there and he was laying down and he had the, the little Father's Day card under his paws. And that, I mean, that's one of those moments you're just like, yeah, I think I could definitely marry this person. Like, I, there's just... I don't know. I would say look for those little moments. That'd be my advice. You've just found it once again because we're a great team and I need you to discover things. But it's stuff like that. There will be these little moments where you'll go, oh. And then I almost died and I couldn't stop like shitting my pants in your apartment. I mean, not, I was like in the bathroom 
but you, and that was like three weeks in and you were you got yep, me Gatorade and true. I got really scared because I thought I was bleeding, but it was just the red Gatorade. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy is <laughs> leaving. He's not for just sure. like dropping me off at urgent care. You know what's weird? Disappearing forever. Part of the reason I think we were able to get engaged so fast is because you did essentially have dysentery. <laughs> and so we crossed that threshold of like pooping in front of each other like way faster than most people. <laughs> I think after that, I was like, I guess we can get married now. I, I like, mean, he can totally, I've heard you have explosive diarrhea, so. <laughs> he can totally handle my unmedicated births. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You've seen it all, babe. It's true. We did it quick. So that is that is a huge thing. I but think to your there point, are clues. And then also, like, his mother was magical. Uh, but there was something so familiar about her. Mm-hmm. In almost like a weird spiritual way, we laugh at the same things. We were both terrible at cooking. I kind of, he holds his mother to such a high esteem. It was interesting to see like, oh, like I I check similar boxes as his mom. Like mm-hmm. I'm really good at like a dance party and like I can get really goofy and like I'm definitely going to set off the fire alarm in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. True. Um, and so that was a clue as well. But you guys also have, I mean, it, it, yes, not to double down on our weird edible examination here, but I feel like you guys also have that skill of like pulling stories out of strangers mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know, just this this sort of, uh, you know, like you guys are your witches. You know what I mean? Like you have those, that <laughs> magic in a good way, like in the sort of your, you have powers and uh um to connect with other people and i think that's really interesting but it goes both ways because i met your family in, in an equally you know rapid succession and and it just felt like home you know right away i mean it was like every you know everybody you know ellie has a very sort of big family and and it just it felt really comfortable right away and and you know to this day i mean it's like Ellie's brother, Jack, from the beginning, and he was a kid when we first met, but he's always felt like a brother. He's always treated me like a brother. Um, And, um, you know, her, her parents have always all treated me like, like their own child. And it's just, I I don't know. It's there, there was something there. Part of that, because I want to give some advice to people that like, you know, even if it seems like your in-laws might be duds. Right. We have a bet. Yeah. Cause it doesn't always click like that. It usually doesn't click like that. And I would say if it does I click, would, if it does click, just lock it yeah, up. Yeah. I, I would say lean in. That's a good sign, but you're right. If it doesn't, if it what doesn't, do you do there? I would learn to keep my mouth shut. Like try to stay out of the drama, like mm. have boundaries, but. That's great advice. You and I hate to say that. Why? You, that's what you've been so good at. Like any drama we've had, because you're we're making it seem like we are the most perfect family on the planet. Right, and like it's we not have true. a really great family. We also have had a lot of drama. Yeah. I mean it's every family, but I agree. It's I it's funny. I mean, the the sort of keep your mouth shut thing, like that sounds so negative and and disappointing and and sort of like you're just throwing up your hands and giving up and whipping the white flag. But I've just had so many conversations with people our age with kids where it's not a great fit with the family. Sometimes it's their own family and it's not even the in-laws. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just their own family is a tough hang. And, and, and the lesson that everyone always learns is like, you know, you just sort of, yeah, you, you kind of keep your mouth shut and you don't engage. Cause what's the point? I mean, you're not going to win an argument, you no. know? 
I would say try to see the best in people. I think it's great advice. Like, honestly, they just want to be loved and appreciated. Everybody. Everybody In the world. So when they're causing all this drama, see them as the little toddler that they're acting like and be like, okay, this is that person. Like, this is their three-year-old self acting out right now. 100%. And I'm going to treat them with respect in the way that when Eliza really acts out in Janet Lansbury's <laughs> baby class mm-hmm. that I take with Eliza every Friday, she's having big feelings mm-hmm. and she's really mad about something. I'm still respecting her as a human being. Yeah. And I think that can take us so far. Yeah. And taking time to go do your own thing, carve it out. Your partner knows you. You can, you know, tag team it. Yeah. Like, I got to go. But try and try not to take it personally. If your partner wants to bring something up about that family, like, let them feel heard, but also don't dwell in it because that also gets toxic so fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, and it's not, it's not permanent and it's not personal. You know, you really, I mean, I think just to tie it back to the, to Kelsey's question, I think you have to sort of look at that person sitting across from you and go, do I feel like this person's going to be on my team through thick and thin? And, and, you know, if we have to have a conversation about grandparents that they're not suddenly going to go, oh, and get all bristly and, and not understand that we're a team and, and this is always about figuring this out together um, because that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you, you, when you got, when you climb in that boat with somebody, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you just always got to feel like they're in the boat with me. And sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but at least I know, you know, we're, we're in it together. I'd also figure out like, what are your core values, right? Yeah, I remember Ethan Sawyer oh. bringing that up on the podcast like two or three years ago, um, yeah. the college essay guy, <laughs> Ethan yeah. Sawyer. He was the first one who introduced core values to me. And, you know, you can find lists online and figure out, like, what are your top three core values? Mm-hmm. Because we did they, that pretty they recently. pretty actually. much better match your partners, or you should be have room for those yes. other core values in your yeah. life. Um, that to me, I would say that. I, I, would, I would not disagree with you, but simply say, I don't think they have to match because I do right. think there is some value in additive stuff. But I do think, like, you have to accept like, okay, that's going to be a part of my life. This is, and by the way, that's actually, the, I think the best thing to do. I also want to say like, this is stuff that you should do before you get married, when you're married, before you have kids, after you have kids, while before you're Before you accept a job. Yes. All of that stuff. Because I just think like, it's so important to keep that conversation alive. I mean, like the core values thing we did, Ellie and I did it recently just in bed one night, um, as we were sort of going down this, this school application process. And it was just interesting to kind of check in with that stuff and remind ourselves what was really important to us. And, and it was inspiring and it actually helped me kind of settle some of the noise in my head. Cause I was like, wow, at the end of the day, this is what's important. Um, yeah, it's great advice. You should host a podcast, Ellie. <laughs> okay. So our next question comes from Missy. She writes, our three-year-old daughter is a 100% mama's girl. She looks like me and prefers me 98% of the time. He obviously doesn't appreciate it and has implied I am the reason for the situation because I am, quote-unquote, around too much. 
We both work full-time, so the time available to spend with her is equal. I know his feelings are hurt, so I try to be mindful of that. However, I can feel myself getting more defensive and ready to clobber him each time he makes an offhand comment as he doesn't want to actually have a discussion about it. Any suggestions? Mm, that's a really great question um, and tough, too, and not not – not uncommon. I would say, first of all, like that, you know, you're, you're not alone in that situation. Um, uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's hard. Uh, as a, yeah, I don't know. Cause I'm like, as a dad, it's, it's, I get it. I mean, listen, I am very lucky. I mean, we, I would say Ellie and I have a pretty equitable share of, of attention, um, from our daughters. Um, they both want all of our attention all of the time. Um, but occasionally, I think we all, we, we both feel that sting of rejection from our kids and the toughest part is, and this is goes to situations way beyond this one, but there is only one other adult under that roof to sort of like put your disappointment or frustration on and it's your partner. And that's why I'm, I'm sure like it's manifesting itself in a bummer of a way. I'm curious. I was like, what's, what, what's your fix for that? You were Sabrina's favorite for a really long time. Right. And it was really hurtful to me. Yes. And I was like, I'm the one with the mom podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And because it felt like it was. It was aggressively. I mean, she was lining up with all of my deepest fears. Yeah. Which is horrifying as a human being. Right. To be like, I am unlovable. I am unlikable. Like that's, those were my deepest fears. And then to have a child who I've said said that to you basically verbatim at times. <laughs> yeah, what would she say to me? I can't. Even, I blocked it out. She would just say, "I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't want you. I want dad. I don't like you. You know, I mean, you know, just it, like again, part of it's because she's little and her vocabulary is limited, so they mm-hmm. these things are real direct, mm-hmm. um, and they cut pretty deep. I think what's hardest, and it's why I'm even reluctant to give advice here, and why I'm curious what you have to say is because I remember what we would do is we would try to do like we would try to carve out the okay, this is mom time, and here's mm-hmm. a special thing with mom, and she would just double down on the resentment of would she I, I don't remember yeah i want dad i don't want to go with mom you know it was and and but, and and then it just become it would just become that much worse for you it was painful and then i feel bad and then you know now you're and then now it's you're trying to make me not feel bad which is i mean it was just a mess i definitely was checking in with my with the way that I was interacting with her like I wanted to make sure that it wasn't because I was coming on too strong mm-hmm. <laughs> because that would be a huge turn off lean back lean yeah. back but that wasn't it I I think once and then people said it would be a phase and it kind of was it was a phase now she is so on team mom. Yeah. And it's finally, she's five years old. But so much of it was about like her needing to carve out her independence. Right. For Missy, though, as a non expert right. <laughs> giving advice, mm-hmm. I would say get out. You yeah. got to go. You got to give them their space because she's, she's not going to want to go do fun things with him if you're home. Mom's got to go. Mom's got to go. And mom's got to also, like, give over 
if there's any control happening. Yep, that's good. Like inner, like subconscious control of like that you don't, I would just really look into like, are are you having any impulses that you want to keep her close to you? Mm -hmm. Because I know moms who are very close to their children and they also, you feel them not wanting to give over the reins. Sure. And you also know you can fix, if you were the preferred parent, you know that you can fix any negative situation instantly. So that was what we ran into. And it's why your advice is so good, Els, because the truth is if the preferred parent is around, the kid's going to melt down, freak out. They want, you know, in our case, I want dad. And it was like, my instinct was like, well, I don't want to watch my child be upset. So I'm going to swoop in and and I'll help ease the transition or whatever. And it, you're just giving an addict more of what they want. You know, and the reality is I should have just left and been gone. And then she wouldn't have even cared. She would have forgotten that she, quote unquote, wanted to be with dad. And she would have had a great time with mom. But I think you're right. As long as the preferred parent's around. And kids are smart. They know they're emotionally punishing you. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's our, our Ooh, fire candle. crackling. Looks like candles got some Are we going to have like a, a, do we have a gas leak? No, we're okay. Are we Maybe sure? just blow it out. I think we don't need okay. the candle anymore. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was romantic. Ooh, now we're doing a radio play. In the dark. And then it started <laughs> raining. <laughs> um, yeah. So they're aware of it. They, she knows yeah, what's up. Three-year-olds sure. are super smart. I would, one, you know, looking at yourself, is there a part of you that enjoys being the favorite? <sighs> because I know Adam does. Yeah. At least you're so good at this. <laughs> it's always about, but you're right. It's always about looking back. At yourself. Yeah, but that's not, that's, yeah, right. I, and yes, that's I like agree. Buddhist, You're not revolutionizing. Not, that's a Buddhist thing. And on the podcast, that's been, you I know, know, I mean, we're talking, Janet Lansbury, we're talking about Jennifer I get Waldberger, it, but I think as a human being, yeah. one of the hardest things to do is stop and not look out, but look in. I just think it's a hard thing to do, especially. That's all I do is, how is it my not, fault? Not you. I think that's what my trademark, like, you guys, what do you think? I could start holding seminars about, like, it's your fault. Yeah. And then, because that's really how Everyone I, says this is that why together. I'm, that's it's how, my it's fault. my fault. Yeah. That's how I am good at recognizing mm-hmm. <laughs> what my part is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it will definitely get better. I'm bummed out that he's being passive aggressive. I know um, I'm a little not wanting yeah. to have a discussion about it, but I feel like that's also because it's so tender. Mm-hmm. And I would make I would if it was us, I would try to make him feel really important and special. Here are some suggestions <laughs> that are coming like, off at the top wait of a my minute, head. you did that to me. <laughs> I would make a little book. Um my mentor, Jennifer Waldberger, is always like, make a book about whatever, <laughs> like leaving for school. So I would make a book about your three-year-old daughter's relationship with her father. And I would, you know, I made a book for oh Adam goodness. for Father's yeah, Day. It's, it's but it bad. is the coolest book ever so of just pictures so of the two of them together. Yeah, and she so can great. also help you with that. Yeah. And then they can read it together. The other thing that I think has been really helping my relationship with Sabrina is 
you know, because, well, first of all, I'm getting a lot more, because you're working so much, I'm getting yeah. a lot more one-on-one time with her alone, mm-hmm. which is helpful. But the other thing that's been very helpful is he has been talking me up so much yeah. to Sabrina. You want to share a little bit about what you say? Because I do think it helps. Uh, we should all just manipulate our children. No, this. it's true. You have to. I mean, the two things I would say that I do consciously is, yes, there's this very directly talking up Ellie to Sabrina about, <laughs> no, you know, what an incredible mom she has and how lucky she is and all the wonderful things she does for her. And sometimes even casting myself as the villain, you know, well, hey, you know, you're lucky that, you know, mom's here because I would have done it this way. But because mom was here, you got this and that and the other. And, you know, really. But but the other thing is in front of Sabrina going out of my way to be affectionate toward Ellie and and celebrate her not having nothing to do with Sabrina, just talking about mm-hmm. myself. Oh, I'm so lucky, you know, you're you're my best friend. You know, just make, making it clear to Sabrina how much I value Ellie and how special she is to me and how deep my love is for her. And not in a way that would trigger her jealousy. Exactly. But because you've also kind of been like – you are a part of your mom. Yeah. How cool like, is how that? How cool is that? Yeah. That she is your mom. Yeah. We talk a lot so about. Like builds her up. Yeah. And you guys, the manipulation is yeah. totally working. Yeah. It's great. And they, and by the way, once she starts to figure out the connection part, I mean, you know, kids are really selfish. So when they figure out like, oh, wow, I'm on a genetic level connected mm-hmm. to this person, you know, that. They get excited. Okay, here's a hot tip from our Steakiel household. Mm-hmm. You have something that <laughs> I'm like, I'm already self-conscious because I'm like, so many therapists listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is such <laughs> terrible We're advice. General. Just jam your emotions but, way down. Well, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> that comes naturally. Yeah. Um, but here's something that works with our family. Adam hates gum. And he's very vocal about how much he hates it. Yeah, hate it, guys. So I have gum in my car, and on the occasion, I will slip Sabrina a piece of gum. And without (laughs) a doubt, on the way home, she'll be like, yeah, if dad were here, you wouldn't give me this gum, right? And I'm not – and I'm already, like, the critic in my voice is being like, this is terrible advice because, like, you shouldn't be going against the other parent. But I will say – It's okay. Leaning into our conversation with Lee uh, Overtree with the Story Pirates episode about how he felt like a co-conspirator with his teacher, I will say that when you get to be the co-conspirator with your child, they do uh, open up to you more. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. And if it's about harmless stuff like that, I think it's fine. I mean, that's adorable. So, Adam, our next listener question comes all the way from Glasgow. Angela asks, how do you guys make major and minor parenting decisions. Do you take the lead and Adam follows? Does he ever take the initiative too? I find myself in a situation where I'm making all the parenting decisions for our 18-month-old by myself with no sounding board and my husband just nodding along, agreeing to everything. I thought going in, I'd have a right-hand man to do this with. He's always had opinions on everything else. How do I get him to step up, Ellie? Um, My advice would be you just have to tell him you want him to step up. I mean, I, the reality is that when it comes to parenting decisions, especially early on, I mean, I guess you're, you know, is it time to stop bottle feeding or should we put a blank in his crib? Or, I mean, is it that kind of stuff? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. 
And then, and I would say, mo- truthfully, most of that stuff ultimately doesn't matter. And if you're doing all the research, you probably have the better answer, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And to me, it sounds like what you want is to feel like it's a it's a team effort. And I completely understand and respect and agree with that. Like, it's a bummer. This stuff's really hard, even the little stuff. And it'd be a bummer if if Ellie was just sort of like, oh, yeah, cool, whatever, I don't care. Like, you'd be like, I'm tired and this is hard and I just want to feel like you're invested. And so I would just have that conversation. I would just say, look, even if you are happy with me making the choices, I would love to feel like you're on board with them in a meaningful way. That's my two cents. What do you think? She writes, he's just nodding along, agreeing to everything. Right. And I want to read that like. That's a win. He's nodding along, agreeing to everything. Yeah, I agree. That sort of sounds like a dream scenario for me is that I'm making decisions and someone's saying yes. But it, but so to me, I'm reading it as like, I would like to feel like we are a team. I don't know. This I, is hard for us because we are, <laughs> the best way to describe our relationship is we, on a tandem bike, we both want to be in the front. Yeah. And we have literally ridden tandem bikes before right. and um, almost, severely hurt ourselves because we both try to ride and steer. That's everything with us. We tried to, we had to learn a dance for our wedding. And Ellie was like, I don't like fundamentally didn't understand the sort of like that the man is supposed to lead, which I agree is incredibly sexist, but that's just how I did not say anything. You were annoyed that I was initiated, that that it was my role to initiate the movements that bothered you. I remember it so vividly and that's on brand for us. That's who we are. We I both. Don't, like I don't remember to, that. I just remember you like mouthing the counts. Yeah, I know. I'm not a great dancer. I'll own <laughs> I that. Did. No, it's true. I'm not great. Um, I worked so hard on our wedding dance, guys. It was so good. Yeah, I worked really hard. But I, <laughs> I totally understand where she's coming from, and a desire to just feel like that the other person yeah. cares. Right. That's. I just. That they're think, really in it with you. Yeah, and I think you just have to have that conversation. If so, because if Ellie came to me and said, it feels when I talk to you about parenting choices we're making, it feels like you don't care. I, I would, I'd go, Oh my God, I no, got to get really defensive. I would get defensive. Absolutely. And then you'd circle back. And then I'd circle back and go, this is a bummer. <laughs> I don't want you to feel that way. Yeah. But that's where the defensiveness would come from. Cause I'd be like, that's awful. Yeah. So I just, I think it's a conversation and it might not be an easy one, but I think you just got to say, Hey, I'm happy to make all the choices, but I got to feel like you care about the choices I'm making. I 100% agree with that. And also I would say, Angela, like trust the choices you are making. Because you absolutely, actually, you know, like if he's giving you that, just, just know that he sees you as the expert in the situation. Uh, th- yes. I mean, that's key is and just definitely be sure yes. to uh, delegate to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Make sure that you do that. Yeah, by the so way, then you then like you may this. get some responses back too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't it can't be like, oh, you're the expert, then you do it all. Uh make sure that I'm sure he is stepping up. But, but be prepared for that. That if you bring that up and go, I want you to care, he's gonna say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I you're just brilliant at this and I don't and I'm not. And so I trust everything you do. And some of us are not as good at not taking the lead. So I'm so curious if in other areas of his life, because she says that he has opinions about yeah. everything else, like maybe he is in charge of every 
other aspect sure, of his life. Of and course. so that makes it difficult for him to be second in command yeah. with this, which is something that's that has definitely point. like triggered us in the past. Absolutely. Because you've been like, I'm not your sous chef kind of yeah. thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, you are. <laughs> but <laughs> Turns or out even I am, guys. going back to school and like the projects I would do. I remember whenever there was a group project, if I wasn't the one in charge, I was so like, yeah. I just, there was something about me that just didn't, not a great team player. <laughs> That's not true. If no, I'm not totally invested 100%, then yeah, I'm not a great team player. And I feel like there's probably a lot of husbands that are like that. Where sure. it's like, if it's not their duty, right? they're not great at like. Yeah. That's a big, I mean, listen, this a, is a. I don't know. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I was actually saying like, you could do an entire podcast about this because it's all about the sort of. I like to be in control. Yeah. Who's in control. And if you're not in control, there are a lot of people out there and and I'm sure we are both those people where it feels like, well, if I'm not making the choices, it's hard for me to buy in entirely because I don't, that's not how I would do it. And so I don't know how to fake enthusiasm for something that I would probably do differently, but that doesn't sound like that's what your problem is in Scotland. It sounds like you guys have a, quite frankly, a very smooth operation. You would just like a little bit more participation. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a big ask. And I think honestly, he'll be pretty receptive to it. Our final question for this Valentine's Day comes Fire from away. Michelle. I'm always interested in how couples navigate disagreements. Mm. How do you fight fair and Ugh. work towards good solutions? Do you disagree in front of your kids or not? Did your families growing up differ in the way they handled conflict? Yes, maybe this is too much, but if you do attempt to answer, good luck in advance. Thank you for appreciating that. That's a challenging question. Thank you, I will, I'm going to say this. I appreciate every everybody argues, everybody fights, everybody has conflict. That's a given. I have so much appreciation and love for Ellie because we have never once had to have a conversation about quote unquote fighting fair. And yet I just know at the bottom of my soul that we both know that that is a requirement in our, in our relationship, that no matter how angry we are at each other, no matter how much we disagree, no matter how deeply wounded we feel, we just know what those lines are that, that we would never cross or even approach because we just, we love each other too much and and care about each other too much to ever even risk that kind of damage. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think like, I don't know. I, I think that's so important. And, and I think we're lucky that we've never actually had to have a conversation about what those parameters are, but I think sometimes you might, probably should. Um, I don't know. I feel like you always held a really strong line. And I just knew instinctively that what not to cross. Okay. Like you hear people talk about, you know, couples talking about the D word or the like throw right. that around. Yeah. And listen, I am not perfect. And I definitely in past relationships when I was really young would say crazy things. Yeah. And I was like an And I know that about you. Like I'm a pot stirrer. Yeah. And I'm also like a, like, it, but you also are this way of like a, let's just burn it all down on the ground then. Like yeah. I, 
I have always known that Adam has a line and that he's also not sort of like an achy romantic type that you can circle back to. <laughs> like once it's done for him, it's done. And he is not the personality type to hold on to things. Um, I think that's fair. I think it's okay to know what people's limitations are. I agree. And that you, there's just something about your makeup. Because I know other people where it would be like, oh, they break up, but then they might be able to get right, back right, together right, again. Yeah. And it's like there's yeah, much more of a gray one. zone. Right. But you've always been Mr. Black and White. Yeah. And that's just who you are. So we we have always fought fair. Yeah. and I Always. But, but I think it's because – and I'm not saying that those fair fights haven't been like, like burning, smoldering. No, like angry, really lot, lot of, lot deep of, down and dirty. But they've been fair. Always fair. Always. We. I just. We've I never I, called each other names. We've no. never. We've never threatened gone, each no, other. No, never threatened each other. Never called each other We're names. Leaving. Yeah. Never said. Never used our children as leverage in any way, shape, or form. And fright. We have argued. Not. Not massively, but we've definitely had disagreements and arguments in front of our our kids. And we don't have a ton of arguments, but if we have an argument in front of Sabrina, it does not really face her. She <laughs> She's very comfortable with seeing the world differently than other people. And I think, I actually think it's healthy that she knows that a disagreement isn't something that can't very, you know, with with a little bit of work or, or that, 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 that uh, quite frankly, that that defines a relationship, you know, that like, it's not something well, she needs to says be reconciled. Yeah. Too. But it's um, not her job. It's not her worry. Right. She's not getting stressed out about it. I will say that recently with some stressors, like I, I right. have been very aware of the energy of our house. Like when we have been mm-hmm. in an argument and, yeah. I, or there's been like intense energy and then right. I, I am maybe imagining that Eliza's, acting it sure. out a little more, but yeah, who knows? Yeah. She just seems like a weather vane for emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say like, old. just to, to try to circle back to the question a little bit. I mean, I think like, Oh, that just sounded like I went. No, 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 not at all. Just, just circle back to the thing that we were. No, actually because I think about. we were talking about ourselves, which to me is the only path through this question. Okay. But I just think that an awareness of your children, a lot of times will, will, will round the edges of an argument a little bit mm-hmm. because there is something about just their presence and knowing how they see the world and that they see it entirely through your sort of eyes, behavior and everything that once you go, once you kind of put yourself in their shoes, you'll, you, you tend to back off a little bit. And then the second part of her question was, did your families growing up differ in the way they handled conflict? I'm sure. I mean, every family is different in the way they handle conflict. Every you know, my, my dad is a, like my dad is the sort of, I mean, it's very quintessential, like gender stereotypes. My dad is a hot tempered, fiery guy. And my mom, uh, can hold a grudge, uh, better than anybody. And that's, so those are the, that was their, that's what I saw as far as arguments, but they didn't argue a lot. You know, when I was a kid, I definitely remember arguments though. Like they stuck with me. Um, uh, and it made me incredibly uncomfortable, and it's something you didn't like to see. And I think that's that's something I remember uh, now that I try to 
and by the way, I fail at this all the time, but I, I try not to, you know, I don't want to see, I think, God, I'm spiraling right now. I no, think what I think I'm saying it. is it's okay to, for your, for our children to see us in disagreement, but I'm also very aware that I don't want that to be something that they sort of like carry around and, you know, ruminate on. Yeah. What I, about you? I don't want my kids to be worried about us. Yeah. I don't think they do. I think you and I. I, they're not worried about us. Have so much respect for our for our love for each other, and I don't know how you. Next week's episode is going to be about our unconscious unco- or unconscious uncoupling. Unconscious <laughs> uncoupling. I yeah. I don't know how you. I don't know how to build that into a relationship. I wish I did because it's something that I think is I love about our marriage, and maybe it's because maybe it's because we were together for so long before we had kids. Um, that's a deep. We have a very deep well, and so. Arguments always feel, and I think I think Sabrina and Eliza can sense that that it's a it, no matter what we're quote unquote fighting about, you can tell like oh this is this is surface stuff. This isn't you know very calm. But it's very calm once we get down to where the yeah it might, it's so weird to see my five year old and be like oh my parents were split by now and I only yeah. I didn't see my mom during the week right like this is so weird like you have such a different experience yeah but it's a good one yeah. It's all good. All right, let's go. They're all lessons. Okay, we got to put them in bed. Yeah. All right, everybody. Love you guys. Love you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Next week, I am going to be sharing a compilation. Compilation of clips, a compilation of expert (laughs) advice from the podcast. You know, since we've been doing this since 2014, I've got some really good relationship advice uh, from, you know, experts and guests. So that is next week. So stay tuned. And then I want to add just for a little catch up for the listeners, a little housekeeping, Sabrina and I finished Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And as a result, she got to watch the movie over the weekend. And, uh, and it was awesome. But my favorite part was that Ellie, who, as you all know, I've been trying to get her on this Harry Potter train. She kind of like, you know, we were in the living room watching Harry Potter and she sort of sat down and I saw her start. I saw the hooks start to get in or a little bit. I could see her getting hooked into the movie. So I feel like we're doing a great job, guys. Let's keep leaning on her. Um, I'm going to get her another copy of Harry Potter for Valentine's Day. Um, we have the whole collection in Sabrina's closet. Uh, but I'm going to get you a special illustrated copy. With beautiful that pictures. more like a gift for you. It is, but it's going to look <laughs> okay. great in our room. All right, everybody. If you like us, please leave a review, a written review on iTunes. Five stars. In five stars, please. Yeah, just for me. <laughs> Give me those five stars, guys. Uh, share the podcast with everyone you know, not just moms. Everybody. It's good for everybody. Until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms. Woohoo!